Well, hello, my friends, and welcome. Welcome to Regeneration Church. Welcome to this night, again, that we call good. It's like good in quotation marks. There's some ugliness along with the beauty. This is a night when we look back and we reflect on Christ's coronation as king, yeah? Remember we talked about this on Palm Sunday? Remember how Jesus becomes king on Good Friday, which is today? Is how his kingdom still comes today. It comes from co-suffering love expressed in forgiveness and not from human-made politics or the bloodletting of a battlefield. You see the cross. Christ's sacrificial cruciform love is the crux. The crux and the pinnacle of all of what we call the gospel story. As a matter of fact, the very word crux or the decisive or most important point of an issue, that's how we use the word crux, like the crux of the matter. Crux is the Latin word for cross. And so one could argue that the events we celebrate tonight are the crux or the pinnacle of human potential. I kind of like that. That Good Friday shows us the crux, the pinnacle of what human potential could be. As King Jesus upon his throne proclaimed his judgment to the world and Father, forgive them. Pastor Zond puts it this way. He says, at the cross, the sin of the world coalesced into a monstrous singularity of deicide, the murder of God. But God in Christ absorbed the singularity of sin and forgave the world. This is why we depict the crucifixion in terms of artistic beauty. You see, Good Friday was simultaneously the ugliest moment and the most beautiful moment in history. All the scapegoating, the mockery, the cruelty, the barbarianism, all the violence was ugly. None of that was good. But the ugliness was overcome by the beauty of Jesus forgiving it all. He says, in the collision of human ugliness and divine beauty, beauty always wins. And to quote Dostoevsky, beauty will save the world. And so here's what we're going to do this evening. I'm going to lead us through a practice known as Visio Divina. It's a way to contemplate through, think of Visio as, as vision or, or sight. Last night we used Lectio Divina, Lectio or Lecture or Lectern, right? Hearing, reading. But tonight, Visio Divina, divine seen through the visual arts. And we're going to do this tonight through the artwork of Scott Erickson, uh, a.k.a. Scott the Painter, if you follow him on, on Instagram. Uh, he has beautifully illustrated a version of the stations, the 12 stations of the cross, designed to be used by churches to set up in their own space. As a matter of fact, um, I purchased these um, these, these, these images, this artwork, and we're going to be hanging them uh, lined up in that hallway right across from the, from the nursery. Um, you know, some probably like by the time my wife and I get to it, like a, a year maybe? No, I'm just kidding. It'll probably be, you know, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. So that way, after this practice tonight, we can, anyone can walk through the stations of the cross through that hallway. 
The Stations of the Cross, or the Way of the Cross, also known as the Way of Sorrows or the Via Crucis, it refers to a series of images that depicts Jesus on the way to his crucifixion. Uh, contrary to popular belief, this is not just a Roman Catholic tradition. Uh, this is a tradition that's been used for the ch- by the church for, for years and years and years. It originated as a remembrance that pilgrims would have when they were retracing Jesus' final steps in Jerusalem. You know, pilgrims would, would, would descend upon Jerusalem, upon the holy city, and walk through the different stations of where Jesus would have been on this, on this day. All the way up to the hill, that skull, Golgotha, where he was crucified. And so the church, wanting to share that practice and experience with people who couldn't physically make it to Jerusalem, began creating local stations in parishes that became itself a tradition within many different Christian traditions. Um, Tonight, these images that Scott created will be up on the screens. That's where I'm going to put them. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast later, you just need to click the link and you'll be able to see these um, images. I also do have them printed out. I've got four copies of them printed out. If there's anyone in here that thinks they may have a hard time seeing them up there or just wants them... Uh, to look at a little bit closer. Um, maybe I'll give them to Magda. And if you raise your hand, she'll bring them to you. If not, then she'll just leave them right there. And I don't know what I'll do with those, but I'll eventually use them. And so this is a note from the artist. This is, this is Scott's words um, that, we're gonna, that, that I'm going to read really quickly before we start this practice. And this is a little um, intro to his artistic work. He says, these stations are a cross-section of elements ideas and objects from Jesus' journey to the cross. He says, as we work through these stations, may we see that we are not troubled guests in this world, that we are not, in fact, forsaken, and that the good news of this season was expressed best by the Christ when he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the cosmos. And so just as any contemplative practice that we do here, I'll lead you through it. Doug will lead you through in music. All you need to do is be present in the moment. We're going to go through the first 11 of Scott's pictures. The last one is actually uh, resurrection. We'll save Jesus Rises for, um, for Easter. We always want to look forward in hope. That's always something that we do in contemplative practices, but there is something kind of special about this night and kind of leaving this place with a little bit of a somber mood. So we're going to save that 12th one, the resurrection for Easter, but this is your time to spend with, with Christ. So I'd like to invite you to simply make yourself comfortable. If you've been around here for any number of of, of, of years now you've heard this before except for that I will tell you to do this particular practice you can't close your eyes we're going to be using our, our vision this sense of vision through the artwork of Scott Erickson so you got to keep your eyes open but simply notice your breath same thing you don't need to seek to control it just simply notice the breath of the holy the Holy Spirit. Remember the word pneuma in the Greek or ruach in the Old Testament in Hebrew. Both words mean wind, spirit, or breath. And so just simply notice 
that holy breath that's coursing in and out of your lungs tonight. Be present in this moment, in this moment of the Spirit. And as you inhale, inhale all that is of God, all that is good, and exhale all that distracts. Just simply breathe in and breathe out as I pray. God of mystery and wonder, because we know the ending of the story, it's tempting for us to ignore the darkness of this day. It's tempting for us to go about our business as usual. It's tempting for us to move too quickly to the dawn of light on Easter morning. So God, give us courage and strength on this night to sit for a while in the darkness. To set aside comfort and pleasure and to feel the darkness, to sit, shiver with you. Allow us to feel the darkness in which so many of your children dwell each and every day. The darkness into which Christ entered as well. And so we choose to allow your grace to open our mind and our emotions, our imagination and our entire being to your love this evening. Please speak, Lord, for your children are listening. Continue to breathe. Continue to be present in the Spirit along with Christ as we gaze upon our first image. This first one, Jesus is tempted. This is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Matthew records Jesus speaking, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And so he asks his disciples, he says, stay here and keep watch with me. And so in this station, Jesus is compelled to desperate prayer. We just finished an entire series in Lent on the practice of lament. This is Jesus in the garden, that prayer beneath his prayer. That animal cry from deep within his gut calling his friends to sit with him through his own lament. And so as we contemplate the symbols in this first piece, simply consider the following. In your life, what may drive you to such a desperate time of prayer? What drives you to such a desperate time of prayer as Christ in the garden this evening? Just simply take a moment and notice Notice the artwork and how your soul is connecting to it.
the second station, Jesus is betrayed. Jesus is handed over to the authorities by his own friend and arrested in the garden. Where Jesus records, I mean, where Matthew records Jesus speaking to Judas after that faithful kiss. Right after Judas kissed Jesus on the cheek, Jesus says, friend, still calls him friend. Do whatever you came here to do. And so in this station, we see Jesus betrayed by a friend. We see Christ betrayed by his own creation. So take a moment and simply notice the betrayal. Number three, Jesus is condemned and sentenced to die. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate asks the crowds. We read this in John 19. But the chief priests, the religious leaders of Jesus' day said, we have no king but Caesar. And as Luke records in this moment, he says, this is the hour. This is the hour that darkness begins to reign. And so in this station, we see Jesus submit quietly and peacefully. We see Jesus submit without retaliation, without striking back, turning the other cheek, as he was condemned by religious folk. And as we contemplate the symbols in this third piece, simply consider the following question. What might have been their fear at this moment? Why are these leaders so afraid of Jesus? Just take a moment and simply notice. Notice the fear. Notice the condemnation and notice the Christ's quiet submission. Jesus is mocked, Jesus is ridiculed, and Jesus is beaten. And as he's being mocked, and he's being ridiculed, and he's being beaten, we hear him respond, and this is how John records it. But if I spoke to you the truth, why are you still striking and hitting me? In this station, we see Jesus again submit quietly and peacefully as these soldiers brutalize him, 
Perhaps this was their common response to Jewish prisoners. And as we contemplate the symbols in this fourth piece, simply consider the following. What brings on our own mockery in life? What are the things in our life, what are the things that happen in life that either cause us to mock others or others to mock us? Just take a moment and simply notice as the Christ is being brutalized and mocked and ridiculed and beaten. Jesus is given his own cross. Jesus is forced to bear his own cross, take up his own cross and carry it with him to his execution place. Earlier in John's gospel, we hear Jesus say, he says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the son of man must be lifted up that all who entrust in him may have life unto the ages. And so in this station, we see Jesus forced to carry a public murder device for criminals. This is how Jesus was killed. Jesus was killed by a state-sanctioned execution. And so as we contemplate the symbols in this fifth piece, imagine carrying that wood of the cross up the hill to your eventual slow and public death. Just take a moment and simply notice the Christ carry his own cross. Number six, Jesus falls. He falls as a result of his beaten self, physically and emotionally. Again, earlier in John's writing, we hear Jesus say, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now, this station, although not found anywhere in the New Testament, has traditionally been included in three separate stations. Mostly as a selah for the viewer. A time to pause and reflect deeper upon Jesus' humanity. To reflect upon his ever-decreasing strength as he moves 
towards his public execution. And so as we contemplate the symbols in this sixth piece, just take a moment and simply notice. Imagine Jesus experiencing weakness and distress in a public setting with nowhere to hide or nowhere to seek refuge. Imagine the exhaustion Jesus must have felt after this entire week and especially these past 24 hours. Just take a moment and simply notice. Number seven, Simon of Cyrene carries Jesus' cross. If anyone would come after me, Jesus says in Matthew, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Think about this. Simon of Cyrene was the only human to literally carry Jesus' cross. And so as we contemplate the symbols in this seventh piece, imagine being pulled from the crowd, completely random, and then being forced to carry this man's device of death. What is it like to walk alongside Christ in this journey? Just take a moment and simply notice. Number eight, Jesus is stripped of his clothes. Earlier in Luke's writing, we hear Jesus say, for if humankind does these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? In this station, we see the Romans do what they always would do, crucify criminals naked. Where in the honor-shame culture of the first century, this would be even more shameful than it would be today. And so as we contemplate the symbols in this eighth piece, we reflect on the shame of nakedness in the eyes of humankind. From the garden of beginnings all the way until this moment, the shame of nakedness where we see Jesus stripped bare. So take a moment and simply notice and sit with the nakedness of the Christ.
few more left. We're almost done. Three more to be exact. Number nine, Jesus is nailed to the cross. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Jesus echoing the words of the psalmist. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In this station, we see again Jesus' own lament at his lowest moment. The long physical pain of crucifixion was excruciating. In fact, the word excruciating again is derived from our word crucifixion. As we contemplate the symbols in this ninth piece, we reflect on the feeling that Jesus had, the emotions that the human Jesus experienced, the pain that caused the Christ to feel as if the Father had abandoned him. So take a moment and simply notice. Notice the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual pain of Christ as he's nailed to the cross. Number 10, Jesus dies. Chameshlem in the Aramaic. Tetelestai in the Greek, it is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus died. He actually died. Our most likely fear in life is death. And Jesus was not insulated from that fear. His physical body stopped working. His family and his friends watched him die. So as we contemplate the symbols in this 10th piece, we do so with a moment of silence. In solidarity with Christ and his loved ones, and for this meditation, we simply still ourselves and sit Shiva with Christ. final station for the night. Jesus is buried. Earlier in Matthew's writing, we hear Jesus say, when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Think about this. Jesus' loved ones 
had to bury his body. And so as we contemplate the symbols in this last and final piece for the evening, we bring ourselves full circle back to Ash Wednesday. From dust we have come into dust we shall return. And we ask ourselves to remember our own burials of loved ones. How absolutely painful it can be to watch a loved one lowered in the ground. So take a final moment and simply notice as Jesus' body is buried, is placed in a tomb. God, Christ Jesus, and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit. As we watch your son in agony, betrayed, condemned, mocked, killed, and buried, may we do so in solidarity with you and all those who suffer. And may we do so in the hope of resurrection, the hope of Sunday morning, where you show us that there is another world possible.
and that there is something stronger and more powerful than death. In your name we pray. Amen.